You're listening to the BCHL Podcast, the official podcast of the BCHL. Into the goal, he scores! He scores! And they just win by four! Driving to the net, he scores! From his backhand to his forehand, a shorthanded breakaway. Right in, scores! Shoots his block, third hand, Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Scores! Ozark wins it! Overtime winners! Now, here's your host, Jesse Adamson. Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. We're back again with another three great guests for you to get you ready for the BCHL season and also to put some focus on the upcoming NCAA National Tournament. Our three interviews today are with BCHL Director of Officiating and former NHL official Brad Lazarowicz, Nanaimo Clippers goalie Jordan Naylor, and University of Michigan forward and former Merritt Centennial Nick Granowitz. First up, we speak with Lazarowicz, who will give us all the details on COVID-19 on-ice protocols in place for this season. Um, He's also a main part of the BCHL's Department of Player Safety, and he was also an NHL official for 30 years. He had plenty to say about player safety and how far it's come in the BCHL over the time that he's been with the league since 2013. So let's not waste any more time and get right to it. So Brad, you work closely with all the referees in the BCHL. Uh, when the news came down uh, last week, or sorry, the week before, that the, the season was going to continue, what was the reaction um, that there would be a short season in the spring? Yeah, no excitement. Um, a lot of these officials have been waiting, you know, since November. Um, no other leagues are really operating right now. And so a lot of excitement, um, eagerness to get back out there. Uh, we had a good skate last night with some BC Hockey League officials in Langley. I know a lot of the BC Hockey League officials are getting on the ice this week in different parts of the province. And so uh, high anticipation to get ready to go. So there's some uh, COVID-specific on-ice rules and regulations in place for this year only. Um, for fans that are going to be tuning in, uh, watching the games on BCHL TV, what kind of different and unique things can they expect to see this year? Yeah, um, for, uh, the most po- uh, obvious one will be the quick whistles in the corner. Uh, we're not going to allow the scrums to really battle a lot down low in the corners. Um Face-offs where the uh, centermen will come in will be a little bit quicker. Uh, they want to have a little bit more uh, quickness on those. There's an interesting one where if a player, attacking player, is in the crease area and kind of standing in one position for too long with the goalie, that quick whistle will go and the face-off will come outside. It won't be a penalty. It's actually an IHF rule that they use, but we're going to incorporate it just because of the COVID protocols. Um our officials, if there are altercations or fights, have been told not to intervene unless there's a player in trouble or there's a fight kind of goes sideways. Um, be a lot of verbal commands from our referees too for the players. You know, all our players are wearing the bubbles this year, so I anticipate no issues there. But uh, you never know. And then also too, uh, when the play, uh, when the whistle goes, our officials are to wear these gator masks that they'll pull up uh, at times during the game. So you're a key part of the BCHL's de- Department of Player Safety, and that's a department that 
Uh, over the last couple of years, we've we've tried to give a little bit more exposure and transparency to exactly what the process is. So uh, what type of things does the Department of Player Safety handle? Yeah, so uh, when it comes to working with the players and the coaches, we handle all the on-ice discipline. Uh, we put together the videos now that we started. Uh, some are on the uh, BC High State website under our Department of Player Safety tab. So we're working uh, to educate our players. Uh, we're now changing how we suspend our players and that a video now will be sent out uh, to the team. Uh, somewhat like the NHL does where the video is used as the explanation to the infraction. Uh, we're also going to open up a Twitter account where uh, we won't post the videos on our Twitter account, but we will uh, have knowledge that the uh, player has been suspended and they can then loop over to the BC Hockey League website. And so the Department of Player Safety right now is really geared towards communicating more with our coaches through to our players to kind of outline what we do in the BC Hockey League to prepare our players uh, a little bit more for their uh, next level, which would be the NCAA. Yeah, you you mentioned preparing them for the next level, and I imagine that's one of the goals of the department. But uh, kind of taking a a big picture look at things, what types of things do the Department of Player Safety hope to uh, achieve and what are the goals of the department? You know what? That's a great question because that's the one thing I I think we have to focus on more is preparing our players. It happens at all levels. You know, if if you're at at some level where you have 15 and 16 year old players playing in a a academy program uh, and they're going to come up, maybe they're an AP and they're going to come up and play in the VC Hockey League. You know, I think that those leagues could be preparing their players for our league, whether it comes to different rule interpretations or procedures. And then and then the players in our league, um, I work closely with the NCAA and their procedures, their on ice procedures and some other rule applications. And what we really need to do, Jesse, is get these players ready so when we have a kid leave our program whether he's an 18 year old or a 20 year old and he goes off to Michigan or Yale or Northwestern wherever he's going to play NCAA hockey that he has now adapted to some of the procedures whether it's hybrid icing you know whether it's face-offs where he doesn't get injected anymore whether it's uh, coach's choice meaning that he gets to choose sides on face-offs and then also teach him about the blow to the head I know the NCAA has a real strict standard on their blow to the head they don't fight up there you know, there's no fights. Um, and so really it's just getting them ready. So what I want to see is a kid leave our program, one of our teams and go on to the NCAA and not have to worry about learning something new. He's already been taught it, at least at our level. So you joined the BCHL back in 2013. Uh, I know you were, you were still an active official and we'll get into that in a second, but, uh, since you joined back in 2013, what kind of changes have you seen from a player safety perspective from then uh, compared to now yeah huge changes right i think just the communication with uh, our teams um i think knowledge uh, uh, acknowledging that we want to be part of their development uh the officiating side uh a lot more hands-on with what our officials are learning so everybody is working together so there's not one thing being told to the officials and another thing being told to the players um, I think just it's just that we all have to work together to make this this great game, you know, uh, at our level uh, moving forward. And I think that's what we've done much better since 2013. Like I mentioned in, in my last question there, for, for those who don't know, you were an NHL official. Uh, you had a 30 career, 30 year career in the NHL. Um, just curious, how, how did you get your start in officiating? 
yeah, you know what? I, I was playing hockey. I was living in North Delta. I was an average hockey player. Um, and, uh, I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed playing obviously, but, uh, the true story is I was at, I, we had a practice one morning, uh, coach came in the room that was uh, coaching like these little tiny kids, uh, that were going on after us. Their referee didn't show up to, um, to kind of go out and work this game. It was just a one referee system back then. You probably got paid like five bucks and just basically picked the kids up and drop pucks. And, and I just enjoyed it so much. And, that's how it took off. I just thought, well, can I come back next week and, and do it again? And he said, yeah. And then from there, you know, and, that, and that's just how it started for me. And so then I came up through minor hockey in North Delta and started my, you know, my junior career in junior B and junior A. I was in the Western Hockey League um, at 21. And then at uh, 23, at, sorry, at 20 and at 23, I got hired by the NHL and, uh, and went from there. Yeah, you had a, a long career with a lot of highlights along the way. You, you, I know you worked multiple Stanley Cup finals, some high-profile international events, uh, including the World Cup of Hockey. Uh, are there one or two things that kind of stand out to you as career highlights? You know, two games, right? I did the World Cup in '04. I did the final between Canada and Finland, and that was a, that was a great experience. Um, but I also worked a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup finals between New Jersey and Anaheim in the 03 final. Um, and I think just being on the ice in a game seven where, you know, there is no tomorrow, there's no more assignments. The Stanley cup is going to be handed out tonight. Uh, it's been a long season, you know, you're tired and you've had a lot, it's, it's been a grind, but it's just that moment where, you know, in 60 minutes, someone's getting the cup. Right. And to be on the ice when that happened and to, you know, see a team win it and, you know, and just to have that feeling was, that was, that's a feeling you never really forget. So I really enjoyed that moment. Which which Stanley Cup final was that? That was the 03 final between uh, Anaheim and New Jersey. Okay. So a, a lot of people talk about um, the pressure that's on the players for a Game 7, and the, the stand, especially in the Stanley Cup final. But from an officiating perspective, perspective what kind of pressure do you guys put on yourselves in, uh, heading into such a, a huge game? Uh, uh, perfection. <laughs> uh, don't be wrong. Um, you know, a lot of things, right. I think, you know, you know, you know, by the time you get into the playoffs and you've done your, you know, your 82 game season or how many games you've worked and you get through your playoffs and you've done 16 or 20 games in the playoffs and you get to those finals, um, you're so prepared, you know, you've seen a lot, you've been very busy. Uh, you've had all the intensity, you know, in that year, in 03, I worked a game seven in every round. So the first round I worked to seven, the second round, third round, I worked a game seven. And so, you know, you, you kind of, you're kind of used to the intensity and people think, you know, you hear the crowd and you hear the noise and you hear that you get, you really don't, it's, you know, it's like you, you know, it's there because you're part of it, but you're so wrapped up in your job. And, and what your responsibilities are to your team that you don't really think about it, you know? And so when you're out there making a call or dealing with a situation or part of a scrum of players, you know, the fans are all up and they're screaming and yelling, you, you know, they're there and you, you can, it's this background noise, you know? And, and so you're really so involved in making sure that you're, that you're part of what you're doing is correct and making sure your team is successful. Right. Uh, so once you uh, were, once it was time to wrap up your career, I know uh, NHL officials typically get to choose the location of their, their final game. And a lot of them obviously do it in their hometown to make it extra special. Um, can you tell about, tell us about that final game and what that experience was like? 
Yeah, you know, I, I started in Winnipeg in 1986. That was my first game in the NHL, and I ended in Winnipeg. I was, you know, it was nice for them to come back in and be back part of the NHL. Um, and so when I, you know, when I had the opportunity to pick my last game, I, I chose Winnipeg because I, I kind of wanted to go full circle. Um, it's a very emotional moment, you know, for sure. Like you, you know, it's coming to an end. Like you know, you're you're done. Like your body is is kind of you know is is, you know, it was kind of quit on you a little bit. And, and I had a serious injury that year, ironically. And so I, I, I fought back to come back on the ice. And um, it, it's a moment, you know, that you don't want to happen because you, you, you never want it to have happen. I think of players that have retired as on the ice when players have left and they give their press conference and they're pretty emotional. And this, we don't get the press conference, but you get that last moment where you stand on the ice and uh, you just take that last look and you walk off and you realize you never get to go back. So you you were still an active official when you joined the BCHL back in 2013, uh, but when you did retire and, and transitioned into a more full time role with the BCHL, uh, what was it like making that trans- transition to to on ice official uh, from on ice official to more of an advisor role? You know, it was something I always wanted to do, Jesse. Like I, you know, right? I started in 13. Um, I'd done some work with uh, BC Hockey as well, a little bit there. Um, I enjoyed you know, being, working with the officials, you know, uh, getting them prepared. Uh, I enjoy working with Hockey Canada. Uh, and so I think it's that, it's that understanding that you kind of want to give back. Everybody always, you know, talks that sort of cliche language, I want to give back. But I think it's more about just preparing these young men and women who are officiating, you know, to help them to move on to the levels that they want to get to. And some, whether it's the BC High League, Western League, NHL, and to help them aspire to get to those levels. Right. Um, and, and then, and then to work with the players, because I think that's what gets lost is what has to happen between officiating and playing, you know, and if you don't have a good officiating program, the playing, uh, the, the game itself will slow down. You can have all the best players that you want, on the ice, but if you don't have an officiating program that matches that intensity, the program won't succeed. And I think that's where you have to tie the two in together. And I think that gets lost, you know. So that's what we're doing in the BC Hockey League, and we're doing a really good job of it. Last question for you, and more of a big picture question. So when you look at uh, at the BCHL and from a player safety perspective, what do you see as the future of this league when it comes to that? Uh, well, I would, I would, yeah, that's a good one. I, I think it's, um, I, you know, I don't want to suspend players. Like, you know, when I, when I have a conversation with teams and we meet them, you know, and we talk about, you know, our department, we talk about the junior race supplement and how we, how we're going to use it in our games. The first thing I say to players is I don't want to suspend you. I don't want to take you off the ice. You know, maybe there's going to be scouts in the building that night from a school who want to see you or NHL scouts, or your parents are in town. And, and I don't want to suspend you. So let's work together to, to make that not happen where I have to suspend you. Right. And so that to me is, is what we're trying to do, you know, and if that means, you know, more communication, more video work, more talking to the coaches, just so we can get our players on board. I, I, we're not going to live in this perfect world. I know that we're going to have kids who are, or incidents are going to happen, but if we can reduce them, you know, if we can, if we can slowly start to see where our numbers of suspensions come down, um, the officiating got better. And so there's a teaching, you know, aspect on both sides, then, then that's going to be a success for our league. Great. Well, I uh, really appreciate the time, Brad. Thanks for joining us and uh, giving us your insight. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks. Thanks a lot for doing this.
Big thanks to Brad Lazaroch for joining us and for giving us all the details on what we can expect from a unique BCHL season. Next up, we want to get a player perspective, so we caught up with Nanaimo Clippers goaltender Jordan Naylor. Naylor is a 2000-born in his last year of junior eligibility, so this return to play was extra special for him. He's coming off a season where he led the BCHL in shutouts with six and finished second in both goals against average and save percentage, all while leading the Nanaimo Clippers to first place in the Island Division. Naylor and his teammates are currently in quarantine preparing for the season, but he was able to make some time for us, so let's hear what he had to say. So Jordan, the big news recently was the fact that the BCHL is coming back for a five-week season here to, to end the year. Uh, what was the reaction from the team, uh, your teammates, and yourself when the news came out that the season had been approved? It was uh, it was just a feeling of excitement, really, and uh, you know it's it's been it's been a long time coming for us. You know, we had a, a lot of wondering this year whether we're going to be able to play or not. You know, especially some of the older guys have been you know really wondering. So it was just it was excitement and almost like a weight off our backs in in a way, in the sense that you know like you know all this all this waiting and wondering, and now we, we finally get the chance to play a season, and everyone's really excited. Yeah, you you're one of those older guys. You're. Um a 2000 born this is your last year of junior uh, hockey eligibility um how how special does it make it for you knowing that you're going to get a chance to at least finish off your your junior career with a few weeks worth of games here yeah you know it, it's an unbelievable feeling honestly it's been a lot of times throughout this year where you know myself and i'm sure all the other 20 year olds around you know junior hockey in the world i've been able to play have been have been really upset and uh this this opportunity is it's, it's amazing you know there's nice for you go to sleep at night and this is what you wish for. So, you know, get, getting this news and being able to play is, is, I'm just really excited to get the opportunity. Yeah. And you're, you're a player who you, you're obviously coming off a pretty incredible year with Nanaimo last year, but you currently don't have a scholarship right now. Um, knowing that you'll be able to get a few more weeks of exposure and um, get some more eyeballs on you is, is that I assume is the goal for the last few weeks here to, to get that exposure and get that uh, scholarship locked in. Yeah, you know, of course, I feel like in the NCAA this year, it's a bit of a weird year with the, you know, the seniors getting that extra year of eligibility. And I think, uh, you know, right around now with all the teams kind of ending their seasons, they're going to know what they need. And, you know, I'm hoping some teams are going to need a goalie and it's kind of the perfect time to start playing in and get some get some eyes on me. And hopefully, you know, something good comes out of it. I know you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself or anything, but um, in these five weeks here, when you're back on the ice playing games again, what are you looking to do in your game to to maybe um, push the needle ahead for for those college scouts and and uh, earn yourself that scholarship? What do, what are you personally uh, trying to do to get that done? Uh, personally, you know, I've taken these these couple months we've had off since the since the exhibition there at the beginning of the year, and I've just tried to be the best me possible. I've put in a lot of work, so I'm expecting to come out here and, you know, obviously I haven't played a game in a while. So once I get the feedback under me in, in the game scenarios, I'm hoping that I can make a difference for my team and, you know, hopefully whatever we're allowed to win at, at the end of this little, these, this five, these five week period or the 20 games, whatever it is, I hope that we can win whatever that is. And, you know, I hope, I hope everybody gets something good out of it. So you mentioned everything getting shut down back in November. The the league was playing exhibition games, and then it, it came down that uh, restrictions were tightening, and and all teams were really only allowed to practice. And even then, it was um, just basically kind of skills and drills, as as people like to call it. Um, so, what have the last four months been like for you and your teammates since everything got shut down, and um, you've just basically been practicing and and not being able to have much competition? 
Yeah, you know, I think I think we're one of the luckier teams that you know I heard some teams had had guys go home, and you know for the most part, almost our whole team has been here for the the whole the whole layoff. So we, we've been taking the opportunity to be to just become as good you know the best hockey players and, and people possible. You know, we, we're in the gym every day, we're on the ice every day, and you know, like besides the game factor, we we kind of treated it almost like an off season, and just everybody tried to get stronger and you know a little bit better at hockey, and you know we're, we're hoping to come out here and you know, show that off a little bit and, and show these teams who, uh, who who worked the hardest in this layoff. Yeah, so part of the return to play is a quarantine period for the, the players and the staff from each team that's participating. Um, what types of things have you been doing to, to kill the time during quarantine? How have you approached that? Uh, I, uh, I got some weights at the house here, so... You know, I've been I've been trying to work work out a lot, and I've, I'm actually enrolled in some courses right now, so I'm getting more homework done than usual, and that's playing some video games. And then besides that, it's 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 a lot of sitting around. You know, you try to stay as active as possible, but you know, the, the two week quarantine's a, a small price to pay to be able to play some hockey again. What about team activities? Do, do the Clippers have anything um, that they have you guys doing to maybe uh, keep you guys sharp or keep you guys engaged over these two weeks from a team perspective? Yeah, for sure. You know, obviously with this layoff, we haven't had a lot of time to practice systems because of the, the guidelines with practicing with the team and stuff. So we put a lot of, you know, our, our coaches there are sending in videos and stuff for us to watch from NHL teams. And we're kind of going over like our, our systems because some guys on this team are, are brand new and never seen it before. And some guys have, haven't done it for four months. So we're definitely a little bit rusty. And we've been trying to kind of incorporate some systems back into our game via videos and, and calls with the team. I just want to go back a bit and talk a little bit about your career so far in the league. So 2018-19, uh, you made your, your debut for the full season um, with the Clippers. And then last year, 2019-20, was a pretty huge year for you. You uh, got into 41 games, uh, 202 goals against, 935 save percentage, six shutouts. Um, obviously, it was a huge step forward for you from your first and your second year. What do you attribute to that Um that increase in the level level of your play? Uh, th- there's a lot of things that go into that for sure. I think uh, kind of the big storyline is, you know, that, that first year, the 2018-19, we, we had a pretty young team and, you know, we had a lot of guys come back and kind of the discussion with all those guys is, you know, let's let's put in the work this summer. Let's, let's be the best team in the league. So, you know, I think everybody went home and especially, like I can definitely attest to this myself. I think everybody worked the hardest that they could possibly work to come out and, you know, be one of the best teams in the league and potentially win it all. And of course, you know, that kind of paid off with us winning the Island. And unfortunately we didn't get the chance to, to go all the way, but I think that uh, just, just the hard work in the off season and, you know, putting in the work on and off the ice is kind of the, the biggest at, attribute to that season I had last year. You know, I think the proof is in the pudding with, with hard work, you know, if, if you put it in, it always pays off. What about this year? Is there anything uh, specific that you worked on that you're hoping to improve on this year compared to your, your successful year last season? Not necessarily anything in specific, just uh, as, as a total p- package. I think uh, I put a lot of work into the, into the off ice this this um, little break here, just because you know obviously the on ice has been a little bit stagnant. So I've tried to get stronger and you know be in the best shape possible because we're going to be playing a lot of hockey and, and not a lot of time here. So I really wanted the body to be prepared for that. And then on the ice, being a goalie, you know you kind of just you always work on the simple things and. You know, I like to, I like to keep it really simple, just the tracking and, and the skating, especially. And you know, I feel really sharp on that. You know, these, these two weeks might make that fall off a little bit, but we'll get back out there for for some practices. And, you know, hopefully, myself and the team are, are ready to go when it comes game time. 
So you're in a bit of a unique situation. Your coach in the nine was actually your dad, Darren. Um, what's it been like having him coach you uh, at the BCHL level the last few years? Yeah, you know, I've pretty much he's he's been my coach for a, a lot of my a lot of my playing career. So I'm kind of used to it. I think for, at first for guys, it, it's a little bit, you know, probably you know they probably have some questions about it. But once they kind of get here and, and see the dynamic, they're they're okay with it. He's he's the coach at the rink and. He's the dad away from the rink, and I think we we found a pretty good middle ground on that. And you know, I think a lot of outsiders might look at it and you know they think it's a bit weird, but for us, it's it's a really cool experience being able to you know go through some of the best years of my life and have them right by my side the whole way. So you mentioned uh, earlier last year's team, uh, the successful team, won the Island Division in the regular season. Uh, you guys took that first round series uh, against Alberni Valley as well. Uh, there's there's a handful of guys still around. I know there's been some turnover. Uh, but for you and that group of guys who had so much success last year, is there any way, like, did, do you plan on using that experience from last year and kind of carrying some of it over to this year? How do you approach that? Yeah, you know, for sure. One of our uh, our team team quotes this year at the beginning of the year was, you know, we have we have some unfinished business because, you know, obviously COVID kind of robbed us from a chance to maybe go far last year. So we definitely have those guys in our minds and the experience of of uh, just being successful in this league. I think that that's that's huge. You know, knowing that what what it takes to win every night. You know, there's every team in this league's good. So it just kind of what puts you over the edge in those you know two two games late where you gotta. Just, just dig down deep and really know what it takes. And I think that that experience is, is huge and can't really teach that besides experiencing it. So at this point, there's there's no playoff scheduled for the end of this uh, shortened season. Uh, we're obviously leaving the door open. If, if it was possible, then we would do it. But right now, it's not in the plan. So for you and your teammates, what's the mindset um, of the team heading into the shortened season and maybe the, the team goals um ahead of the start in a couple weeks here yeah you know obviously it's, it's a short season so to, to put it simply our, our goal is to win every game and especially when when the last game we play whether that's you know at, at the end of these five weeks and it's just this little 20 games or whatever it is or whether they let us play playoffs and when we get a trophy at the end we we want to win all our games and especially win the last one Last question for you, and I've been asking uh, pretty much everyone I talk to for these interviews the same question. But uh, BCHL fans have been very patient. Um, they've uh, they've had to deal with the delays and cancellations for for a long time now since the fall. Um, I know Clippers fans uh, have been patient as well. If you had a, a message to to those people that have stuck with it and stuck with the team, what would you want to tell them? Uh, first, I want to say thanks for their support throughout this this whole crazy little time here. I know our team's kind of tried, tried to do a lot with making phone calls to them and keeping them kind of in the loop. But obviously, it's sucking for them not being able to watch hockey as much as it sucks for us not being able to play it. And, you know, it's disappointing that I'm not going to be able, or we're, sorry, not I, they're going to be able to play in front of the fans of the Frank, who are the best fans in the BCHL. But hopefully, you know, they get to watch us online and in Alberni there, and hopefully we do well for them. All right, Jordan. Well, I appreciate uh, your time. Uh, Thanks for that. And best of luck in these last few weeks here. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again to Jordan Naylor for joining us. In our final interview, we want to put the spotlight back on our BCHL alumni and specifically the NCAA National Tournament, which gets going this weekend. The University of Michigan lost in overtime in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament, but they were still able to qualify as a number two seed in their region and will take on 
Minnesota Duluth, who has won the previous two NCAA championships. We caught up with Wolverine sophomore and Merritt Centennials alum Nick Granowitz. Granowitz played the 2018-19 season with Merritt before joining Michigan the following year and has put up 11 points in both of his seasons so far. The 22-year-old is a Michigan native and is thrilled to be back in his home state playing hockey. Him and his teammates are preparing for the Friday quarterfinal, but he was able to join us for an interview. So let's go to that right now. So Nick, last year's season ended early due to COVID, obviously, and um, you're a part of the Michigan team that that swept Michigan State in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, But because of the cancellation, obviously, you didn't get to make it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, What's the feeling now that you know you'll be starting the first round this weekend uh, after last year, things getting canceled? Does it make it a little bit extra special? Uh, Yeah, it was tough last year because... you know, it just ended all of a sudden without COVID. And um, this year, we're kind of just fortunate. We got the opportunity to, you know, play in the tournament and stuff. So we're just really looking forward to it, to the, being able to compete and have the chance to win, you know. Uh, you're coming off um, the, the Big Ten tournament this year. Um, you beat Ohio State in the first round and lost a, a heartbreaker to Minnesota in overtime in the semis. Uh, obviously, I'm mm-hmm. sure that was tough. What were the emotions for you and the team after a loss like that? Yeah, it was just tough because, you know, we, we almost played a you know complete game. They kind of are. We were kind of on top of them the first two periods and you know, had a good, uh, you know, lead going into the third, you know, two nothing, but, um, they came out swinging in the third and, you know, just got some shots and, you know, puck went in on a couple bounces there. And next thing we know, we're in a two, two game. So, um, it was definitely tough kind of choking that lead. And, uh, maybe we kind of sat back a little bit too much and kind of was waiting to see what they were going to do in the third instead of us just coming out and playing hard like we were. Um, but yeah, definitely like heartbreaking situation, but kind of motivation, you know, moving forward into the NCAA tournament, you know, we kind of experience that now and, you know, we can, uh, make changes to our game, you know, when we have a lead and stuff and hopefully, you know, not let that happen again. Yeah. D- despite that loss, you guys still qualify for the national tournament. You're a number two seed in your region, uh, taking on Minnesota Duluth. Um, obviously there wasn't a champion last year, but the previous two national championships went to Minnesota Duluth. Uh, you didn't play them this mm-hmm. year, but, uh, what are you expecting from that first round matchup? Uh, yeah, they definitely have, you know, a lot of junior, junior experience and, you know, winning, um, two titles in a row. It's, uh, definitely something to kind of, uh, you know, look at and maybe worry about a little bit, but at the same time, we're confident with the group of guys we have here. And, you know, even though we haven't played them this year, well, we kind of, you know, watch video on them as I'm sure they're doing to us. And uh, I think just going into it, we're just going to play our game and, um, hopefully that puts us on top. So it's obviously been a unique and challenging year for everyone inside and outside of hockey. Uh, teams have mm-hmm. had to deal with cancellations, last second postponements. Um, what's this year been like for you and your teammates? Uh, yeah, it's been tough. We've had we've had some weird stops and stuff too, some ups and downs. But um, one thing we really focused on is just kind of controlling what you can control and you know, with that, it's, you know, just your attitude, your work ethic, um, kind of just how you attack every day, how you move forward from, 
you know, bad things that happen to you and stuff and kind of just keeping that positive mindset at all times. Um, it's kind of what, what helped us, me and just my team throughout this kind of crazy year. Even with all those outside challenges, uh, your, your team was still able to put together a pretty strong season. Um, now that the, the regular season's over, the Big Ten tournament's over, and you're heading into the Nationals, what do you think of your team's play this year and, and um, how they may be grown over the season? Yeah, I think we've uh, you know we got a really great team here from top to bottom. Um, and through the year, we've just kind of kept progressing and finding like our team's identity, the way we need to play. And that's basically kind of what you get at the end of the year and playoffs and stuff is every team kind of understands how they need to play with the, the, the players they have and stuff. So um, I think we've been working all year towards that to, you know, come up with um, just our team identity in general and just kind of to play that from here on out every night. So this is your sophomore season. Um, obviously you, you debuted with, with Michigan last year. Um, how do you think you, mm -hmm. you've grown your game this year compared to last year with that extra year of experience, uh, under your belt? Yeah, I definitely think it, um, just kind of helps with confidence, you know, just being out there and, uh, just, you know, playing multiple games, seeing situations, getting used to the pace and style of games. Um, it really, really helps getting a year under your belt and, um, just kind of helps you grow as a player. And that's kind of just what I work, work towards to just keep getting better every day, keep growing um, and stuff. But I'd say, I think the main thing is just confidence. How about off the ice? Um, this year is obviously unique and you're not, uh, I'm sure in class all the time, like physically in the class, but, um, th obviously the, uh, the college hockey routine and schedule is a lot different than, than junior hockey. How do you think, um, this year went for you off the ice? And do you think you're kind of more adjusted to the college hockey lifestyle now? Uh, yes, I would say so. It's been different this year because we haven't had in-person class and stuff. So, um, a lot of, I would say a lot of time management goes into it. You know, you gotta kind of, if you got an extra hour, uh, before practice and or in between like a practice and a workout, you know, maybe get some schoolwork out of the way just so you have less to do at night and you can kind of rest and do some other things with your bodies and stuff. But a lot of it's just time management and staying up with your, like keeping up with your studies and stuff and all that. So, so it's, uh, it's been different, but definitely been able to do it um I, I don't know if you remember but i i actually interviewed you a couple of years ago when you were wrapping up your bchl career and we chatted about how you were excited to to go and play hockey uh back in your home state of michigan um now that you've yeah i remember that yeah now that you've done it for a, a couple of years now um has it has it lived up to the expectations like how how special has it been for you to come back and play for the wolverines yeah it's been great you know it's uh the true honor, especially to play for like a, a program like this with such a prestigious history and stuff. And, um, I'm trying to just take full, full advantage of it, you know, enjoy every day of it and, you know, thankful for the, or thank, fortunate for the people I've already met here and the relationships I'm going to make and build in the future. So overall, it's been really great. I'm really happy, um, to be back in my own state playing for the Wolverines. 
So looking at the roster there, there's quite a few BCHL alumni on your team. Uh, one player that, that BCHL fans will be very familiar with is Kent Johnson, who spent the previous two years in, with Trail in the BCHL, was leading scorer and MVP mm-hmm. last year. Um, f- from what you've seen out of him, uh, what's impressed you about Kent in his first year of college hockey? Yeah, I mean, I know he's a, I know he's a young guy, but you know he's a stud. He's got the moves, and it seems like... Um, but he, he works hard, hard every day and stuff and he stays out late in practice. So I think, um, he came in with a lot more confidence than I did and stuff. And it kind of showed her up at that with kind of the moves and stuff he was pulling. But, um, yeah, he's a great player, great guy. And, um, I know the Michigan fans and players, we all love him and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what his future looks like. He's a great player. I just wanted to quickly go back to, to your BCHL days for, for a minute here. So you played for Merritt in the 2018-19 season. Uh, looking back, I know it was only one year, but what do you remember about that that year of your hockey career? Uh, yeah, you know, it was a, kind of a small little town, and um, I was a newer guy coming in and stuff, not really know what to expect, a whole new league for me too. Uh, but I definitely enjoyed it. I made a lot of friends there. Uh, coaches were great. The community was great, and... Um, just a lot of good memories is kind of what I remember and just kind of seeing British Columbia and it's a lot different from where I'm from, uh, a lot more like mountains and stuff and uh, just a really good life experience overall. So I'll definitely remember it forever. You had a really strong team that year in Merritt's, one of the, the better uh, Merritt Centennials teams in recent years. Uh, what do you remember about that group of guys and, and how you were able to be successful on the ice? Uh, yeah, just a, a lot of good, a lot of good players and stuff. But also, I think um, there was a good team culture there. You know, it's kind of like a family culture and just playing for each other. And um, you know, when you have good players and guys that are going to play hard uh, for the guy on their left and their right, you know, it accumulates to wins and usually building a good team. And you, you were able to have a pretty strong year that year from a, from a personal perspective. You were seventh in the league in goals with 32. You were top 20 in league scoring, 59 points in 58 games. Um, wh- why do you think you were able to be so successful um, jumping into the BCHL that year? Um, I, was, I was an older guy, so I've already came from some junior experience and stuff. Um, but, you know, I played with some good players in merit too that definitely... Uh, made a good, a lot of made a lot of good plays to me, and you know, vice versa, and um, kind of just kind of just clicked and worked out on the ice for me. Um, and then the next year, you it was your first year at Michigan, and you were able to jump in and be fairly productive right from the get go. Uh, why why do you think uh, you were able to make that transition so smoothly? Like, what what was it about your game that transitioned so well to the college level? Um, I think I've always liked playing with a high pace and speed. And I think that's one thing that helped me adjust. Um, even though some of the playmaking is like quicker and stuff, but you got to be able to keep up with the skating. And I think that's something I do uh, kind of well. So I think that's what made my transition um, a little easier for myself. Last question for you. Um, I, I know there's a lot of work to do and you haven't even played your first game in the tournament yet, but uh, looking ahead, what would it mean to you for you guys to go on a run here and, and potentially win a national championship? Uh, yeah, I think I would just be um, speechless. You know, um, the guys this year, we worked so hard since, I mean, middle of July 
Um, even when COVID was still going on, we found ways to, you know, get together outside and, you know, work out or do something. And it's just been a grind for a lot of months now with, you know, ups and downs in between. And um, it's a special group of guys we got here. And it just, I think it just means so much to, you know, everyone on this team and organization and especially uh, U of M. I think it's last year they won national championships 1998 so being able to bring a you know trophy back would just be incredible all right well i appreciate you taking the time and best of luck this weekend and in the tournament of course thanks jesse well that wraps up another edition of the bchl podcast Thanks again to my guests, Brad Lazarowicz, Jordan Naylor, and Nick Granowitz. A special shout out to our producer, Greg Ballack, who I forgot to thank last week. So thanks again, Mr. Ballack, for your help. The BCHL announced the schedule for the season earlier this week, and you can head to bchl.ca to see when your team is playing. And as usual, every game will be streamed live on BCHL TV, which is powered by Hockey TV, and you can find those games at bchltv.ca. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next week.